if it's only one I can save today, it'll be a good day. And that's kind of the story of what we do. Welcome to the Europol podcast, the official podcast of the EU's law enforcement agency. In this series, we shine a light on some of the biggest operations Europol has supported and how we continue to fight crime. Protecting vulnerable children. This episode contains descriptions of child sexual exploitation. Listener discretion is advised. In order to protect their identity, voice actors have been used for the Europol specialists who took part in this episode. Today's podcast focuses on one of the most disturbing aspects of crime, namely child sexual exploitation. As young children have more and more access to the internet to complete their homework or play games online, they are becoming more vulnerable to online predators. These predators target children through social media and can often communicate with them while their parents have no idea what is going on. To tackle this issue, there are dedicated police units across Europe. They collaborate with Europol's child sexual exploitation team to target predators and, most importantly, to save children. The gratification of finding a child and safeguarding a child, that's why we do it. And sometimes it takes us weeks to do that, to determine um, the location or the identity of a, of a victim. Mm, but the day that you do find a child and you do intervene, that's the best day. That's why you've been working all those weeks. Anne works for the Belgian Police's Child Abuse Unit and has collaborated with Europol on numerous occasions. Uh, there have been 11 task forces. Um, I missed the two first ones. Um, there were two um, online ones, but I've been on site seven times, yeah. She's just one of the experts we speak to in this episode to get to the bottom of how children are being exploited online and what law enforcement is doing to protect them. Child sexual exploitation is one of the EU's priorities in the fight against cybercrime. As part of this, Europol is continuously taking active steps to protect children from online predators. This is a complicated crime area. Some victims can be reluctant to come forward because they are embarrassed about the material the perpetrator has, or because they are being blackmailed using photographs that they themselves have taken. Europol specialists see all categories of child abuse material. On one end of the spectrum, this can range from images that have been stolen from social media, including innocent pictures of children on a beach uploaded by their own parents. But on the other end of the spectrum, specialists deal with extremely disturbing images of sexual assault. There has also been an increase in self-generated material. This is where the child themselves takes explicit images or videos and then uploads them online. In most cases, the child is coerced or tricked into doing this. They do not realize that they are then at risk of becoming victims of sexual exploitation or sexual extortion by online predators. Pedophiles can view these images on social media, for example, and upload them to online forums with other abusers who then discuss the image. Madison is one of the specialists at Europol working with this material. She explains a bit more about the victims. Well, in terms of young children, we are seeing a steady decrease in the age where children have uploaded self-generated material. We've seen images with children as young as four or five years old. 
we are seeing a lot of 10, 11 years olds partake in self-generated imagery. And in terms of sexual extortion, it can be anywhere between the age of 6 and 18. And that's within the children classification. It happens to adults as well. Uh, but here at Europol, in AP Twins, our focus is children on the Internet. So I would make the point that it is increasingly young children uh, who are susceptible to this crime type. As small children become increasingly tech-savvy, it is becoming easier to exploit them through online channels. Of all crime areas, child sexual exploitation is particularly tricky for law enforcement. Madison explains the inherent challenges they face in catching the perpetrators. So with this crime area, it is quite unique in the sense that pedophiles have a distinct interest to collaborate with each other in order to preserve their anonymity online. We've seen a lot of collaboration in terms of rules that are set in forums to not discuss exactly where they live and to change the names of the children if they have direct access to those children. And this is in contrast to other crime types, for example, in acquisitive crime. It's more competitive, whereas for pedophiles, it's in their best interest that they try to preserve the community. Because when we arrest one pedophile, there is a risk for the others that there may be some identifying information on the arrested pedophile's hard drive. So they really work together and share ideas about how to best stay anonymous online, which is a big challenge for law enforcement. Anne, from the Belgian police, adds that the perpetrators do not fit a fixed profile. I've seen a lot of different ones. Some feel guilt, some couldn't care less. Some just want to try and hide it as long as they possibly can. Some will say, um, I will never talk. There's none alike. Police are now faced with the challenge of a whole generation of children who have access to the internet. Along with a unique, unidentified type of perpetrator who is highly skilled at remaining anonymous. So what have law enforcement done to adapt to this evolving threat? A major success for Europol was the 2021 takedown of one of Europe's most prolific child sexual abuse platforms, the Boys Town Forum. This site focused on the sexual abuse of children and had 400,000 registered users when it was taken down by the German authorities. Several other chat sites on the dark web being used by child sexual offenders were also seized on the same occasion. Madison explains how Europol got involved. The case started with some fantastic investigation by the German BKA uh, in relation to several administrators of this board. During the context of their investigation, they approached us at Europol uh, to ask if we would be interested to assist them uh, to create an international task force, which of course we agreed to do. Europol approached several other partner agencies, the Netherlands, Sweden, Australia, Canada, the USHSI and the US FBI. Together, they collaborated for many months, culminating in the arrests of three of the administrators of the forum. But this isn't all that Europol has done to fight this crime area. In fact, while this Boys Town takedown was going on, Europol was already implementing two pioneering initiatives that have saved countless children worldwide. The first of these initiatives is the Victim Identification Task Force, or the VIDTF for short. 
Founded in 2014, the VIDTF gathers specialists and partner agencies from around the world to analyze images of child sexual exploitation and identify victims and offenders. These images are contributed by EU member states and partner countries as part of ongoing investigations. By centralizing these images in one repository, Europol specialists are better able to notice common features between images that come from different sources. This means that they can locate victims more quickly and alert the police in the relevant country who can then save that child. The VIDTF is the largest recurring operation of its kind in the world. It has inspired a number of similar initiatives at national and regional levels, from Italy to Australia. To date, over 533 children have been safeguarded as part of this task force and 182 offenders arrested. It started from a need that was recognized internationally for a collaboration on a hugely growing, vast amount of abuse images which have been collected and are needed to be organized well and analyzed. So the concept is quite simple. Every year, sometimes twice a year at Europol, we invite approximately 30 experts from around the world and they come and they spend two weeks looking at material where the victims and suspects within that material have not previously been identified. This level of international collaboration is unprecedented and it is also invaluable when dealing with borderless crimes that take place online. Anne, from the Belgian police, has taken part in many VIDTF exercises. She explains how useful it is to work with colleagues from outside your home country. You get to know the people. And sometimes in cases like these, you need a, an answer quite quickly to a question. And knowing someone who has boots on the ground in that country makes it very easy, goes very quick. The positive effects of an international task force such as this one cannot be overstated especially when it comes to protecting vulnerable children. Madison told us about one particular case where the VIDTF had a real impact. A case I was involved in came from a recent victim identification task force where I was assisting on a particular case. It was a collection of nine images um, which were taken from the hard drive of a previously arrested suspect. Now, uh, on these images, they all depicted female, approximately five or six years old. On three of those images, she was holding up a handwritten note, which was the username of our target. The username was written in a European language. So we started to investigate this collection of images, and we searched in our Europol databases and did some intelligence checks. We identified five other profiles which this suspect had been using. The profiles all had the same username. Uh, we dig a little bit deeper and we found that this particular suspect had previously purchased child abuse uh, material online. So we gathered together a little bit more information about him. And we also found on another forum several years ago, he had actually sent a picture of himself to another user. So from this, we had an image of what we thought the target looked like. We took this information and we began to conduct some open source intelligence inquiries. And from our open source inquiries, we managed to confirm the country of origin of this target. And we also identified the victim as his daughter. 
So we gathered more, uh, some more images, notably a more recent image of the target. The same day, an intelligence report was sent to the agency of the country of origin of the target. He was arrested and the daughter was safeguarded. However, this is not where it stopped. And during his arrests, uh, his devices were seized. So his computers were seized uh, and they were analyzed. As a direct result of the analysis from the seized computers, um, we have started quite a large investigation at Europol. This investigation culminated in eight further arrests of different individuals, all of whom uh, were abusing their own children. Several more devices were seized, um, and they will be used in future victim identification task forces uh, to try and identify more children and more suspects. Clearly, the way to beat online predators is through international collaboration and communication. However, this international help isn't restricted to just law enforcement. In 2017, Europol initiated the Trace an Object campaign. This has been one of the agency's most successful campaigns to date. It calls upon the general public to help in the fight against child abuse. As part of the campaign, Europol uploads images of objects on the dedicated Trace an Object webpage and appeals to the general public to see if they can recognize these objects. These objects originate from images from cold cases related to child abuse. For example, one image might have a distinct football jersey or a mountain in the background that might give clues as to where the photo was taken. This campaign originally required careful consideration as involving the general public in such a way was unusual. Christian works with Madison at Europol and he is one of the specialists working as part of the VIDTF. Christian explains some more of the successes of the campaign. I believe it was well received by the public. So far, we were sent over 27,000 emails and were able to share over 100 leads with the law enforcement agencies to further investigate. As a result, 23 victims were identified and safeguarded and five offenders were apprehended. With a crime area this complex, law enforcement has had to think outside the box. By taking a cautious approach and working closely with different countries, the specialists at Europol have been able to save many victims. This Trace an Object campaign immediately appealed to a group of open source enthusiasts, and we spoke to one of the volunteers. My name is uh, Carlos Gonzalez. I am a researcher and trainer at the network Bellingcat. I specialize in visual analysis, geolocation, and timeline reconstruction. Bellingcat is a group that specializes in fact-checking and open-source intelligence. Carlos was able to help law enforcement by analyzing some of the images to find leads for the investigators. He explains more about how the volunteers were able to help. So we're working with volunteers. We had a look at the images on Europol's website. If we detected that, you know, there were some interesting details, we actually would work on them and apply, you know, open source methods and identify them. We started to publish some articles about our findings and so on. So basically, not only we were giving answers to the questions and identifying the images, we started to raise awareness about the problem. Carlos is motivated by the hope that his work can help the police save victims of child abuse. Even saving one child would make his efforts worthwhile. This is the same for any member of the public who views the Trace an Object website and who notices a detail that could lead to the location of a victim. 
So I think, as I mentioned to you, so if there is any chance that with a couple of time or a couple of hours that we can dedicate to the identification of these images, if we can increase the probability for one child to be rescued with any leads or any identification of uh, locations or objects, then it's more than worth uh, the effort. So uh, that is what keeps you going. You know, that probability that you hit something that could help the victim identification analyst at Aeropol to, uh, to rescue a child. I would like to highlight here that one of the main, I think the, or the most important stream of information uh, that could actually push the campaign forward, in our opinion, is common citizens all around the world. So like you, me, uh, anybody should actually take a look at Trace an Object frequently, let's say every two months, every three months, and try to see where they can instantly recognize an image over there that, you know, you could, for example, remember, you know, a brand of candy, an object here, or this type of object when you visit this other country, etc. It doesn't take much time, so you just need a couple of seconds, one minute to have a look at, you know, the 10 or so images that are posted on the website, and just perhaps, you know, set a reminder to actually go and then, okay, let me just have a look at Europol's top channel views and and try to see if I can recognize one of those objects or locations. Child sexual exploitation is a crime area that causes uneasiness amongst most people, but it is extremely important to keep speaking about it and to keep educating both parents and children of the risks. Police are gaining increasingly positive results from investigations into child sexual exploitation, and hard-hitting legislation is having a greater effect in the prosecution of offenders. The internet is an inescapable reality in all of our daily lives. By informing your child of the dangers of being contacted by strangers online, you could help them understand how to better protect themselves. In general, we recommend that you keep your social media profiles set to private and use parental controls to ensure that your children are safe when they are on the internet. If you would like to help us identify victims, go to the Europol website and visit the Trace an Object page. Your insights could save a victim from further suffering. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using and tell your friends on social media about us. You can also follow Europol on Twitter via at Europol.